Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome to a new week, Solar Warrior. Here we go. This is Two for Tuesday. Whether that's a tactical Tuesday or just content from one of our many live events like SPI Podcast Lounge, this is going to be a short form conversation typically with subject matter experts designed to give you the practical tools, tips, and advice for building your solar business or career and grow with us here on Suncast as I know you will. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us again and level up your game. In this particular case, what you are about to hear is content from our career summit. Our career summit was a fantastic series of conversations all about not only how to find your dream job, the perfect opportunity to transition into clean energy as a career, but also how as an industry we can improve the concepts of hiring with justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. We had some amazing conversations around that and you're about to hear one of those right now. You can always find all of the resources and learn more about this episode over on the blog at mysuncast.com. For now, get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to another powerful conversation here on Suncast. This session is called Challenging the Status Quo, C-Suite, Examples of D&I Leadership. My name is Nico Johnson, and I'm so glad to have you here for Another conversation, this one, a, uh, a sensitive look into how leaders in the industry are thinking about what's happening inside of their own organizations as founders. What are the conversations they're having with themselves, with their staff? Uh, how are they striving to be leaders in the industry, uh, but also leaders to, among their own team? Uh, today, I'm going to be joined by two gentlemen that I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Uh, I'm going to introduce them in just one moment. And uh, I wanted to say thank you, uh, first and foremost, to LightSource BP for being our title sponsor and helping bring this this, uh, conference, this summit to life, uh, supporting us so that you all can join here uh, and enjoy this content. Also, thanks to Solaris Global as our networking sponsor, Soul Systems, and many other companies who have come along as industry partners, media partners, and generally supporters helping us bring this to life. Uh, we at Suncast Media, uh, have uh, we are the guiding voice in solar industry, as it were. We're trying to create a platform and a discussion around diversity, equity, and inclusion, how it um, how it uh, relates to your hiring process, how it relates to your own personal career growth. And uh, we are thankful that you have jumped in to join us in this discussion. Uh, today, day one, we're talking about why DNI matters and more than ever before. Tomorrow, we'll be focused on how, if you're looking at a career transition, you can start and come in, uh, come along through the, uh, the, the journey to enjoy a, re- a career as a uh, 
as Matt and Mike and myself and Glenda and our team have done uh, for the last uh, decade plus. Uh, if you are watching on LinkedIn or Twitter, I would encourage you to go over to suncastcareersummit.com and uh, register. There you can get access to our private community. You can save all of these uh, sessions to your calendar. We've got a free access, which is interviews only. We've got all access, which is interviews, networking sessions, and workshops. And then we've got our Evergreen Pass, which gives you all that plus access to the replays into perpetuity, as well as our community of uh, industry insiders and uh, inner circle of, uh, of folks that will help you along your career journey or help you address questions with regard to hiring and incorporating uh, things like uh, equity, uh, inclusion, and diversity into your business as a, as a whole. Uh, that community is, uh, is free to join as a registrant to the Suncast Career Summit. So I would encourage you to go check that out. Today's guests for this session, Matt and Mike, are two well-respected founders and CEOs. Uh, Matt Hankey is the president and CEO of New Energy Equity. Under his leadership, New Energy Equity has installed more than 250 megawatts of renewables in 11 different states, totaling over a half a million in total transactions. And they've been ranked by Solar Power World and, uh, and uh, Inc. Magazine as top-rated and fastest-growing companies in our field. Mike Healy, CEO of New Columbia Solar, also in the Washington, D.C. area, has been a fervent leader and developer of solar policy throughout the mid-Atlantic region having been influential in the development, design, and advocacy of the D.C. and Maryland RPS programs. Uh, prior to New Columbia, he was the founder and partner of Nextility. Those of you who've been around for a while might recognize uh, Nextility and Connect DER. He has a proven track record of developing uh, strategy, tactics, and, uh, and executing on the business of driving renewables into reality for more than a decade now. He's also served as treasurer for, uh, for SIA, our Nationwide Trade Association, and has been instrumental in the Maryland, uh, Virginia, MDV SIA as well. So I want to welcome Matt and Mike to the stage. Gentlemen, so great to have you today. Nico, thanks for having us. Hey, Nico. Hey, good to see you again. And uh, I'm really encouraged by... Uh, what I'm going to call the courage for you guys to stand on stage uh, on a day where uh, you are, are sharing the stage with, uh, well, you and I, uh, we're the three lone men sharing the stage with diverse women of many backgrounds uh, about a topic that uh, as the majority we are, um, white men in our industry, um, we have become more and more aware of the need to address not only within our own culture, uh, but broadly within our industry. Uh, how are we approaching hiring? How are we approaching, approaching building our business and the access to uh, the opportunity that, that, we, that we can afford um, ourselves, our uh, neighbors, to join the fastest growing job creation vehicle in the United States for the last five years? Um, Matt, you and I were talking a bit about the uh, generally the like the statistics. I know that SIA has spent a lot of time looking into the statistics around diversity and equity in our industry. 
Could you start by giving us a little bit of insight into what, as you stepped into this journey with New Energy Equity as the CEO, what have you learned that sort of opened your eyes to the need for change within our industry? Yeah, you bet. Um, so, you know, one of the big um, red flags for, for me personally in, in looking at this topic um, was uh, I took a look at the Solar Foundation uh, released uh, what's called the Solar Census and um, give you a couple stats from there. So, first of all, the solar workforce is 73% white. Um, executive suite in solar is 88% white. And beyond that, it's 80% male, 20% female. Uh, in the solar industry, they estimate that a woman earns 74 cents for every dollar uh, that a man does. And that's likely the same for the minority population, despite the fact that it wasn't released. Um, yeah, these stats, while candidly frustrating and unacceptable, uh, they do have a silver lining, at least in, in my mind. Um, number one, they were released and we're talking about them. And right. uh, thanks, thanks, Nico, for you know, providing your platform that you've worked so hard to, to set up uh, to have that conversation, because uh, that's where it starts. Uh, and then the second piece is, you know, solar jobs, as you mentioned, have increased by 167% over the last decade. Uh, 250,000 jobs, uh, COVID certainly had some impact on that, I'm sure, um, but 5,600 jobs were added between 2018 and 2019. So while companies have struggled, um, there's tremendous opportunity in this industry uh, to be able to continue to grow the base and, and, and continue to try and uh, do things that can help solve these issues. So that was, you know, re reading these stats, seeing these things uh, was, was certainly an eye opener for me, um, uh, in addition to many other things over the last couple months and, and since you know, we founded the company seven years ago. Um, mm. These stats are, are in line with what I expected, unfortunately, and, and in line with what I think and New Energy Equity think needs to change. Yeah. Th thanks for sharing that, Matt. Uh, Mike, you've been involved in the energy business for a lot longer than the solar business and are no stranger to an industry that by and large favors um, male uh, predominance, not only at leadership, but at a tradesman level. Uh, you got your start in the coal industry. What, uh, what brought you uh, into the world of uh, entrepreneurship and starting New Columbia Solar, uh, having had a long uh, established history in energy as a traditional energy company? Yeah, thanks, Nico. And, and um, you know, as Matt said, thanks for hosting uh, this uh, particular topic and this forum. This has been incredibly useful, um, not just this forum, but many other forums that have been going on uh, as, as of late um, uh, and, and previously uh, on this particular topic. It's how I've learned a tremendous amount um, is forums like this. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, I think you're referencing my, um, you know, I started out working for Senator uh, Rockefeller in West Virginia, and most of my interaction at that point in time was with the coal industry. And, um, uh, and that was absolutely a, uh, a male, uh, white dominated industry. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to get involved um, with um, uh, wind developers that became interested in West Virginia. And I uh, was kind of, you know, young and hungry and wanted to get things done and um, and uh, really was energetic to uh, to get involved in this wind thing. And, um, you know, it wasn't really a West Virginia thing at that point in time. So I was given the opportunity uh, by the senator's office to pursue that. And that was my foray into 
um, into uh, renewables. And uh, after a little bit of time kind of doing that, I wanted to get my hands dirty, get out of government. And um, uh, I, I ran into uh, Alison Arshambo, um, who's uh, doing a lot of great work in Haiti right now, uh, and, uh, and Tony Clifford. Um, formerly the CEO over at Standard Solar, and um, and through those relationships, uh, got involved in uh, solar energy uh, back in two thousand six seven, I have two thousand seven, I guess, and um, and uh, have been you know involved ever since. And uh, after a little uh, after a little while of, of learning the, the 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 game and and um, spending some time with. Um, uh, you know, with industry experts uh, at such an early stage, I always credit, you know, being, I always felt like I was at the right place at the right time, which I think so much of this conversation, frankly, is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was at the right place at the right time to learn from folks like Tony, who Standard Solar it was five people at the time. Um, you know, Jigger Shaw, who had just exited from Sun Edison and frankly was looking for somebody to mentor. And, you know, I was probably one of 10 people that, you know, had, you know, at that point in time, one of many uh, who he was talking to and just got an opportunity early on um, to to interact with these folks and, and learn uh, and really listen. Uh, to their experiences, and from there, um, you know, started a company called Skyline Innovations, which became uh, Nextility. So, yeah, Th- thank you for sharing that. Um, I find it fascinating, and it is part of the narrative uh, that we that we'll un- unpack a bit today, uh, hopefully more than a bit. Um, but I find it fascinating how the story that many of uh, many of the folks I talk to is. I met a guy like Tony Clifford. He took me in and mentored me. Jigger and others uh, gave me advice. And ultimately, it paints back to, at some point, having access. Having access to these people, right? I'll note, which I hadn't quite realized. I didn't, I don't think I connected the dots yet, that both of you got your start at Standard Solar. Um, I mean, Tony and his organization uh, have spawned a, a dozen or more companies uh, and more than uh, probably a hundred uh, industry executives. So it's not all that surprising. Um, I, I do want to say in the outset here, uh, before we get too deep in the topic, uh, for those who might still be watching, thank you, and and thinking from a skeptical angle, like here's two white men, what am I going to learn from this? Uh, I, I don't want to position this conversation today as uh, as though uh, Matt and Mike uh, have got anything figured out. Uh, what I want to position is a conversation around exactly how they don't have it figured out, but they're still digging their heels in as the CEO and taking the responsibility to be the first person to raise their hand and say, we've got a problem. Uh, Matt, in our uh, what sparked the idea for us to even have this session was a conversation I had with you where you uh, very courageously posted a letter about how you personally have been impacted and feel about the things happening in one of the states where you have an incredible amount of development, a lot of partners. Can you unpack for me and for the rest of us the story of uh, when you started to get a sense that things weren't quite right internally, there was a problem that you needed to think about and address? Yeah, you bet. Um, So first of all, let me start off with... uh, 
whether it's a proclamation, a confession, whatever it may be. And I know through conversations with Mike Healy, who I know well, he shares the same thought. Um, but press, preface the conversation with the acknowledgement that I don't have answers on these topics. And, and actually, in no way am I even qualified to discuss the best approach of these issues. Uh, you know, I grew up with privileges personally that have shielded me from almost every single reality that those of different backgrounds, uh, color and sex face daily. And um, through the conversations with Nico, um, as I was struggling with how to address this as a company, um, uh, I struggled with whether I was the right person to talk about something today. And through encouragement of Nico, as well as some of our employees, um, I realized that my previous silence on the topic and unwillingness to stand up were actually the issue. Uh, the, the, the fact that I was unwilling to put myself in an uncomfortable position is part of the issue. Hmm. And uh, as an individual who's been extremely blessed with an opportunity to lead an organization making such a positive change, uh, you know, we, 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 you know, we push out clean energy uh, to the masses. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we're doing our best to focus and improve on the situation, but I encourage everybody to stay hopeful and uh, remain committed as we are uh, to, to changing this this situation and, and, and always open to advice as to how we can do this better. And so, you know, New Energy Equity uh, has really been focused on this issue since we started the company seven years ago. Um, I, I just am a firm believer in the fact that um, different perspectives coming from different backgrounds is the way that you can most successfully make every decision um, that you go through as a, as a company. And so we've been really focused on this since day one, but I'd, I'd also be um, uh, lying if I said that the events in late May in one of our home markets of Minnesota wasn't shaking us to the core um, and, and, and highlighting the fact that um, the industry is not doing enough, new energy equity wasn't doing enough, and, and, and beyond that, I personally wasn't doing enough in order to help solve the, solve the situation. So, so really the the moment for me, I was actually on the phone um, with one of our um, uh, very good partners, Jamie Burrell uh, from IPS Development in, in Minneapolis, and Jamie had to abruptly get off the phone um, because he was installing a, um, a project for Target uh, at the time, um, and uh, there was a mass of protesters that were outside of that location, um, and he had to evacuate staff from the roof, uh, pull down scaffolding. Um, and, and, and make sure that those lives were safe. And so, you know, what that really, you know, pushed in me um, was, was the goal to, to address this with the company um, and, and make sure that we created a situation internally at our company, which is what we could control at that moment, not focused on externally yet, but internally for, for a few days and make sure that all of our employees, partners and customers felt safe uh, that was the that was the biggest piece for us. Uh, make our stance on these issues clear, and and rededicate our efforts towards pushing along positive change. And so um, that's what we posted the letter on the website. It's it's a very small um, uh, um, thing that doesn't actually mean anything unless we do anything. And so now we're focused, um, you know, four months later on making sure that we continue the conversation, continue to have the uncomfortable conversation and continue to push along that change that we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I think Matt just, just, you know, hit the nail on the head a little bit with, you know, uncomfortable conversation. It's a conversation that I have to say uh, a year ago, I don't know that I would have joined this, um, you know, this conversation right now uh, because it does make people uncomfortable. But 
especially in light of the events uh, of late, um, you know, it, it it has become more important um, than ever, I think, uh, for for white people as as well as black and brown, uh, you know, to 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 speak out and to um, engage in this conversation. Um, so much of you know, I think for so long, I as a as a white person kind of said, "Hey, I don't I don't look at at race. You know, it's not something that I, um, I you know, it's not part of my decision making process." Yeah. Um, but that in itself isn't the answer either, and that's what I've come to learn. And um, I've learned so much, um, so so fast. Um, but I actually. Um, you know, came to a, a realization of um, uh, through some, you know, it's New Columbia Solar um, was having some issues uh, earlier this year, prior to uh, everything going on right now. And um, what happened was, you know, New Columbia Solar is based in the District of Columbia. Uh, we are, you know, I always say we're change makers, right? We are, we have the power uh, to transform the way that our nation's capital is is being powered. And that's a big thing uh, in and of itself. But we need to be change makers in more than just clean energy, right? We need to be change makers uh, in, in the stats that Matt was mentioning at the beginning of the podcast. And um, at the end of last year, at the end of 2019, uh, one of New Columbia Solar's um, employees uh, passed away. Uh, and uh, through through gun violence was a young man, um, 27 years old. And uh, he, um, you know, he started out as kind of a laborer out of a, out of a workforce development program that we work with with the city uh, and was working his way up. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I had gone down, he testified with me at uh, city council uh, a few times and um and then, you know, before we know it, uh, he's gone. And um, uh, just two months later, uh, another young man um, had uh, passed away as well. And um, uh, he was 33 years old. Uh, and then uh, three months after that, so a span of uh, basically five months, um, another young, you know, young man uh, in his early forties passed away. And, um, and I started to look at this and go, what is going on? And it was really something that, you know, was impacting me, you know, personally. Uh, I know it was impacting my team. I, I, I reached out and, um, with the help of my executive team, brought in people to uh, talk and um, have a conversation, uh, grief counseling uh, as a group and individually. And what I came to realize uh, is that, you know, my reality, like like Matt had mentioned, you know, I grew up in a world where it's not usual for someone in their, you know, 30s or 40s or, you know, even, you know, 50s to, to, to pass away. Mm. Um but what I came to understand through, you know, working with the grief counselors was that, you know, my reality, my world isn't necessarily the same as everybody else's. And, you know, you really have to understand, um, you know, people's backgrounds and that and, and I'm not saying it's right because it's not, um, but that uh, the reality 
uh, that that those young men lived in, they were all Af- young African-American men, uh, w- was different than my reality. And now my intention is to, through New Columbia, is to be a change agent and, 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 and tr- you know, try our best to provide resources, career opportunities, um, and an ability to, uh, you know, in some cases, they were living in dangerous neighborhoods and an ability to, um, you know, maybe move away from dangerous neighborhoods if they'd like. So it's something that was a real wake up call to me that my reality is, is, is not everybody's reality. And right after this whole incident occurred is, you know, when we started to see, um, uh, the protests in in DC and uh, in Minnesota, uh, and the activity that we've seen of late, um, and that was really heavy charge because we are right here in the middle of DC. I was letting people in, on my team uh, basically take off after three thirty, four o'clock, so they could go and 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 do what they wanted to do, uh, do what they felt they needed to do. And if some people couldn't work during that time, uh, we we let them. Uh, have that time to do what they need to do. Mm. Yeah, as I, as I mentioned, and um, you guys have uh, courageously shared, there's a lot of unknown. A lot of that unknown starts internally. Uh, and Mike, I'm really, um, I'm encouraged by your willingness to share how you came to that realization that you didn't acknowledge the privilege that you lived in, and it was mostly because you hadn't really been confronted with it. To say, I, I didn't realize there were folks that don't believe they're going to make it to forty or fifty years old, uh, and they work on your your team. You know, um, I think that's a reality for uh, you're not alone there. It's a reality for many folks who who've grown up in or have been given a chance to be in safe environments, as as Matt pointed out. Um, with that backdrop. How have you guys, uh, and I have to imagine, because I know that offline as well, you guys uh, in real life are friends and colleagues and have shared experiences. Uh, how are you all uh, seeking to get started? That's a, lot, that's a conversation that we started this morning, and a lot of folks are asking, where do I start? How have you begun that journey internally yeah. Uh, listen, Nico, I, I, I will say, and I want to preface like Matt did, I don't, I, I don't, I am in no means qualified to, to speak on the subject. I've done things that have worked for me and I'm continuing to try to learn uh, what's best so that um, I can be a better leader um, for, for my team um, and be a better part of the community. Um, and what I started with was real deep reflection. Um, and to, to recognize, um, recognize my situation, uh, and, and really start to understand whether I liked it or not, I have been a part of, um, uh, of our culture, um, and, and which has socialized, you know, this, the, the, the benefits, um, you know, that I've received uh, are, are ingrained in our culture. And I had to recognize that uh, first, going back to that conversation that I met, the access that I had to solar executives at such an early stage, yeah. you know, is part of that benefit and recognizing that. Um, and again, I, I really had to look at myself and say, okay, you know, 
I need to now, you know, it, it's not if I'm part of this process, you know, am I in part of this, you know, uh, racial uh, inequity divide? Most people want to say no. And, and that's what I would have said, you know, uh, earlier. I said, I'm not part of this. I don't define things through race. But now I've accepted that I am part of society. And therefore, what I need to do is not understand if, but move to how. How have I been benefited? And what can I do yeah. because of that to give back or give or, or bridge the gap so that other people can get some of those benefits, other people can get some of that access. Um, and what is it that I can do based off of the reflection that I've had? Yeah, and uh, uh, similar to Mike, uh, you know, so my background is I consider myself a doer. Um, so I, I relatively quickly moved from reflection into, you know, what is the solution? What can we do? Um, and, and I realized that I was, um, you know, probably falling flat personally in terms of what I can do in order to shape that and form it. And so, you know, the company is a mission statement, you know, came up with this as a group, which is you know, our mission statement is to drive the evolution of clean energy through every project we touch, leaving behind a better world. And so that just gives you a perspective of the kind of people who are at this company, who you want involved in that conversation. And so we, you know, in, in May formed two groups, because once again, I'm, I'm, I'm a doer. I, I'm the guy that'll put my, put my shoulder through a, a brick wall if I need to. And we, we, we formed two groups, an internal uh, and an external um, a group that was focused on internal hiring practices and external industry factors. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, you know, we had uh, 12 members of the team. Our, our team at New Energy Equity is only 32 people. And yeah. so over, over a third of the team wanted to participate in these initiatives. And, and we wanted their involvement as well. And so the internal hiring practices group for us you know, we wanted to increase the amount of diverse candidates that we interviewed uh, for positions within the company. We wanted to maintain our goal that we would hire the best candidate into each position. Um, but we noted a specific issue, even though we're in the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area, you know, we're in a hugely diverse populated area and it's still challenging to find diverse sets of candidates uh, for positions. And so, um, you know, we needed to note some some specific things, um, uh, you know, specifically around you know, potential unconscious bias uh, as it comes to interviewing candidates. Um, uh, and we were, were instituting some things like blind resume screening, um, participation um, from uh, from some of these internal hiring practices individuals in, uh, in candidacy for the company, uh, and then also institute some training internally to make sure that we're providing, once again, a safe environment for both interviewers and most importantly, employees. And then on the external side, um, it was really important for us, you know, the, the ways we could think of that were, that were most impactful is time and funding. And so we're currently going through, um, uh, you know, we're extremely lucky to be in an industry. We have a, we have a fantastic team um, that moves mountains on a daily basis and does very well. And so we're currently compiling a list of organizations uh, that we can provide our time and funding to that we hope to release that plan this month um, so we can actually, you know, put our money where our mouth is, put our time where our mouth is to try and make that industry change as well. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Suncast today. Just a couple of quick announcements. We'll be right back 
to the episode. First up is Mission Minded. If you have been listening, then surely you know that we have just recently launched a program I'm super proud of called Mission Minded. If you know someone who's been struggling to find that perfect fit in the clean energy industry, perhaps he or she has been a casualty of the massive downsizing in oil and gas recently, or perhaps just looking to level up in the industry where they've already found a home. I'd love it if you'd recommend them to us for our mission-minded program. It's 12 weeks to the clean energy career you deserve. And if you do, there's a special gift that I have in store for you. That's right, we offer a 10% referral fee for every person who gets referred to our program. So if you know someone that might be a good fit, or maybe it's you, please do us a favor, send an email to Nico at mysuncast.com or you can just direct them to events.mysuncast.com forward slash dream job. That's all in the show notes for this episode. So you can go check it out there as well at mysuncast.com. Here's thing two. If you've been longing for a community outside of LinkedIn where you could plug in, network, learn, and grow, find people who are similarly passionate about different elements of clean energy as you. Well, we're about to relaunch our Suncast Guild in our own private community, app and all. So if you'd like to get the deets on that, make sure you're signed up for our newsletter, which is where we always share the goods and inside information first to our tribe of Suncast insiders. I'll be sending out an email to subscribers about the Guild relaunch in the next week or two. So be sure that you're subscribed or go check out the Become a Member area at mysuncast.com where we have some details and you can get on the waiting list. Either way, I love that you're already a part of our tribe here as a listener. Thanks for that. Now back to the show. You'd said uh, to me in a previous conversation and I, I like the way that you positioned it, Matt, you said, um, the best perspective is a diverse perspective. Uh, it seems to me emblematic, uh, as you, as a leader have, uh, supported that rather large, um, percentage of the organization to take the time out necessary to think through the policies, to actually implement the policies, to put them in place. I feel like there's a lot of like listening and understanding as a commenter mentioned in the last session, um, but not a lot of implementation of policies without realizing that it might not work and we might need to pivot or or modify things. Um, Did you and Mike, you as well, reach out for external resources uh, that for, for the kinds of diversity and inclusion and equity training that might be available? And what was your experience there? And how have you incorporated that? Yeah, to, to be candid, that's probably been one of our biggest challenges um, is, you know, that type of training, that type of resource um, uh, since May has been in huge demand. And it's been mm-hmm. challenging to get that resource internally. And, and you know, uh, it's it's sad to say that it's only been in demand um, uh, at this level since May. But obviously, there were some events that led to um, uh, to, to to that happening, um, and so that has been one of the challenges. Once again, um, admitting the fact that I don't have the answers, I'm only doing the best that I can, 
it, 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 it'd be great to have some outside perspectives and, and, and we're willing to do that. So, you know, shout out to anybody who's listening, who has that perspective and, and has that has that training that can help us. Uh, you know, we're actively looking and interviewing folks, but it's just super challenging to get a hold of people uh, in order to in order to help out on that front and, and, and further our internal goals. I think there's a ton of organizations we're looking at that can further the external goals. But, you know, the internal goals, we, we, we need some folks with experience to help us point out what's wrong and, and, and help us form our plans as to how we're going to solve them. Uh, once again, knowing that we, we don't have the best ideas, we're just doing the best we can. Yeah, yeah we're, we're slightly different in this respect, uh, Nico, in that you know, New Columbia, again, is based smack dab in the middle of D.C. And, uh, and I live here, um, mo- you know, pretty much all my employees live here. And so from the get-go of our company, um, we always had the, the goal and the drive to make sure that our company looked like the community that we serve. Um, so we've we've always been a diverse uh, company from from day one. Um, something that I've been really proud of. But what I've learned um, is that you know th- that's not really good enough, right? And and that's what uh, that's what I've come to learn throughout this year. Frankly, is you know last year I would have said, hey, we're doing all these things. We've always been di- you know we've always been diverse. Uh, and um, and now you know what I'm kind of coming back to is you know. It, you got to go a little bit beyond that. And, um, and, uh, and, and I'm not trying to say that, you know, everything, there's things that Matt's talking about that I'm jotting down saying, Hey, I got to do this too. Um, but you know, there's, uh, we, we've absolutely needed to create uh, a safe space in our company. Um, we've needed to recognize, uh, that our leadership team is white, you know, and that's a conversation that we've needed to have. Uh, I'm proud to say that our statistics, uh, as an organization, are higher than the statistics, uh, almost twice as high as the statistics that that Matt uh, read at the beginning of the um, beginning of the session. Um, but you have to take, you have to recognize that. And in order to get better, uh, I absolutely needed to reach out um, to people that uh, were outside of the organization, outside of Solar, frankly. And um, through a, a mentor of mine, uh, was able to get in touch with somebody who does do. Uh, this uh, d- diversity and equity uh, training, um, and um, and and help start conversations with uh, companies and some large companies, uh, as well as small, and um, have really benefited from that, and uh, and, and has gotten some tools, um, and uh, really started to 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 turn this from kind of a framework into almost more of a process to say this is how we're going to process size this right this is how we're going to um, you know turn our company into something that uh, is not only inclusive is not only trying to um, you know look like our community but is trying to move uh, our employer give our employees uh, equal opportunity to benefit. Uh, themselves, uh, recognizing again that some have had advantages that others uh, have not, and so, you know, one of the biggest things that we have have looked at is um, is this concept of career pathing, yeah. uh, where we have uh, gone to, um, you know, I, I, we started to look around the room and realize that um, no surprise, you know, our uh, frankly, you know, are, are white and, uh, uh, you know, Ivy school educated, uh, folks, uh, we're 
reaching out to mentors and we're working mm -hmm. with uh, senior level people in the company uh, to understand how to get from one step to another. Those conversations were already happening and it's probably implicit in them as it, frankly, it's been implicit to me. I did not even realize that that's something that, you know, people don't really do. Right. And that's a blind spot that I've had my career and because mm -hmm. I've always done it. It's been part of my career growth. But to recognize that that's not something that people are know about, let alone comfortable with, is something that, you know, we wanted to change and something that we've been working to change. And so we've reached across. It doesn't matter what position you're in. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, our, our senior finance lead or you're, you know, on the rooftop, you know, hauling glass, as we say, right? You're, you know, we want to give everybody an opportunity to uh, understand where they, you know, to, to think about where they want to go and understand how to get there. And I will say one of the proudest things that I uh, have been involved with, or, or one of the proudest things that uh, about New Columbia Solar is to work with some of those folks now um, that we've seen and really help them get to, um, and see them, it's their work, it's not mine, but see the good work to, show them, hey, you know, this is the direction that you say you want to go, and this is how you get there. And then they go and do it. And we've now yeah. seen some project managers develop, uh, some engineering resources develop, and it's been incredible to watch. Uh, and it's good for the company, frankly, as well. Yeah, and, and Mike, we saw some similar things within our organization. And really what we tried to do in the last two years is is provide educational support across the across the the gamut for everybody, and and then almost uncomfortably push that that career furthering and that educational support mm -hmm. through conversations with 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 their managers, and and allowing their managers to be judged on how many people take advantage of that, and and yeah. pushing them into into positions where where they can um, um, uh, where they can you know, really grow as an individual um, and 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 you know further their career significantly. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a you know it's it's an interesting balance between pushing and then also safe space right um and this is a balance that we've struggled with as well matt is like you know we want to push as much of this onto people as possible and in some instances career is a great example we've done that as well um and not just with career pathing but uh, on um, education and training things along those lines um across the team um, but then also we've created a safe space and i know you mentioned this as well where um basically resources on our drive where people can go to, uh, they can educate themselves, they can put that, uh, they can put information that they find interesting onto the drive. Um, but we're not forcing people to go and uh, participate in that. Um, it's really if they want to educate themselves um, and if they feel like it's going, it's something that's, you know, right for them. So it's a, it's a balance between, um, from my perspective, it's really a balance between, you know, wanting to push things, uh, but also at the same time, making people feel safe and comfortable with what they're comfortable with. Yep. I love um, the focus internally on training. Someone mentioned earlier uh, organizations, large organizations like Schneider have mandatory trainings. Uh, Richard Branson, one of my favorite quotes, he says, train people well enough they can leave, but treat them well enough they don't want to. And uh, I think that what we find sometimes in leadership is a bit of fear that 
if you train people well enough, they can leave. They will because our industry tends to be one where people are trying to find people with the kinds of skills and experience that have that five years of experience, uh, which is hard to get from outside of the industry. Um, so I have a kind of a two-pronged uh, question. You had mentioned an external focus on industry factors uh, Matt, and I know that you guys have had a lot of success bringing folks in from outside of the industry. I'd like to understand um, from your organization's perspective how you've been able to accomplish uh, finding qualified candidates from outside of the industry that meet uh, as well a diverse and, and, and equitable, inclusive lens. Uh, and then uh, I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on how do we increase the level of mentorship and especially with regard to we've got thousands and thousands uh three quarters of a million as paula glover just said uh uh black female uh f- uh, uh stem professionals right the the notion that there aren't enough folks uh that qualify uh that aren't um sort of white and high uh, higher education qualified uh is is anathema so how have you guys been able to uh adapt uh, hiring strategies to look outside of our industry instead of that requiring someone to have five years of solar experience? And then how do you think about mentorship as a component to helping folks maybe even come out of the field into the office? What does that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, from our perspective, really, since we started the company, um, uh, you know, we've been focused on getting getting the right folks in the right seats in order to drive drive company growth. And 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 one of the ways that we've been successful in doing that is looking outside of the solar industry. So, you know, per the stats that I mentioned earlier, the industry does have a concern and a problem that needs to be solved, right? And so you can't do that within the solar industry. You have to look externally from the solar industry as well, and you have to have um, you know the the insight and the thought process to think about it within the solar industry. And so we've been really successful with going outside the solar industry. We've hired folks from oil and gas. We've hired folks from uh, other renewable energy technologies, telecom, real estate, financial services, other engineering and construction verticals. And um, it's really paid off multiple fold for the company. Number one, these folks are super talented and uh, great at what they do. Um, It's a more diverse set of candidates that we can we can see for the for the position. Um, and, And on top of that, they are many times very cost effective as well. Um, because the solar industry, when you look at supply and demand of employment, the minute you put five years of solar experience or 10 years of solar experience on a requirement, uh, it's, it's immediately going to constrain the number of folks that you can talk to and, uh, and likely make that position uh, more expensive to fill for you as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, going to those other industries, at least for new energy equities, provide better, better perspectives, different perspectives. Um, you know, the solar industry, I think, is, has made leaps and bounds um, over the 11 years since I've been in it in terms of how we do things. Uh, However, there's other perspectives, which is what we're talking about here today, um, that are extremely helpful uh, in driving future growth uh, for for, for the industry as a whole. Yeah, Nico, I can say that, um, you know, to speak to, you know, your question about, uh, uh, you know, people leaving and training and and things along those lines, I got to look at that Branson quote because that's uh, that, that's kind of right up my alley. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I I once had somebody tell me that um, you know the folks that leave that go to start their own companies uh, and 
um, you know, and, and create a company that is similar in culture and, and um, you know, really in culture uh, to your own is, is basically the greatest form of flattery. And yeah. so, you know, I, it's not something that I really dwell on. Um, and, and I, I don't think that any leader really, really can, you, you, you know, you know, Matt and I probably both know who the people in our companies are that, you know, may go off and start their own company one day. And, um, and so, you know, but the point is to get everybody as effective as possible. And really, that quote by Branson is is almost a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because if if people are learning and engaged, and they're really growing within the organization, they're not going to leave because that's what people, you know, really want, right? People want to continue to push themselves and they want to continue to learn uh, and, and they want to continue to expand. And that's, that's what I want to do. Right. And that's what I think probably every leader really wants to do is to be able to provide their people with an opportunity to continue to, to grow and expand uh, and become better at what they do and learn new things and, and, and get good at those things as well. And so if you can do that, you know, I think retention is going to be great and people are going to be learning a ton at the same time. And that's, that's what, you know, we're trying to do at New Columbia Solar. Yeah. I appreciate the uh, insight as well on career pathing. It wasn't a term that I was familiar with, but it makes a lot of sense to me that there are, uh, there are folks who, uh, who don't have that mentorship early in life. And so, um, they strive to get a role. They get that role. It provides uh, a modicum of financial security, uh, but they don't have uh, other influences that would guide them along uh, a career path. I'm encouraged to hear that you guys are mapping out internally within your organizations career paths that folks can aspire to, that they can track to, uh, and I presume that you guys are providing the kinds of resources that allow them to set out a plan. Is that a part of the management process now that is getting baked in? Is this you sit down with each individual, no matter where they are in the organization, and help them come up with a career plan? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's what we've done, uh, and I, you know, I do encourage people to do that because the people again, a lot of people uh, that I would have thought, you know, maybe doing this, and 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 then I realized that there's a lot of people that weren't doing this. Uh, we're, we're not doing that. We're not, you know, they, they knew where they wanted to go. Most, mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, know where they want to, you know, what they're aspiring for. Right. But they don't necessarily know that it's okay to sit down and talk with somebody about that. Right. That it's okay. You know, maybe in the company to talk about that, because I think a lot of people view that as, Oh, well, will this person think that I'm trying to get their job or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to put a stop to that, you know, right away. And, um, and, and, you know, there's one person that comes to mind on my team, you know, who's on our, our construction team. Um, and this person wanted to move into a project management position. And, you know, she knew where she wanted to go, but she didn't know to have the conversation to understand how to get there. And so yeah. she was so frustrated, so frustrated on the, on the, on, on our crew because, you know, she really, she wasn't getting to where she wanted to be, but then, you know, she sat down, uh, and, and I sat down with her and Nicole Marandino, uh, our COO sat down with her and, and really said, okay, 
this is where you want to go. Okay, this is what you know. This is what needs to happen. This is how we're going to work to get there. And yeah. I think it's a great transparent thing for everybody. We feel more comfortable about it because we understand, you know, where they're trying to get to, and also, um, you know, your employees feel more comfortable about it because your employees feel like, okay, you know, now I have a pathway, and I, I'm not just showing up to a job every day. I'm showing up to get, you know, from here to here to there. And, yeah. and that's, again, you know, they're continuing to grow uh, and, and benefit themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like there is an element, uh, at, and this happens at all levels in organization, of feeling like there is an upward mobility uh, and then the, the, maybe the corporate fear that if they strive for upward mobility, then they're going to naturally move out of the organization. And it's encouraging to see that you all are thinking about um, how do we grow as an organization such that there is enough room for multiple project managers, not, not um, how do we limit these folks and because we've only got room for one project manager. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to mention a quick resource that uh, became a, uh, uh, it was shared with me by the folks from Oregon SIA. And I think that uh, maybe, I don't know, uh, maybe others in the, in the audience would know this, but uh, it's a resource that uh, SIA has been uh, incorporating into the training with uh, the regional uh, groups, but it's an organization called CEO Action. Have you guys heard of CEO Action? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll, I'll throw a banner up real quick here. Um, it's they're, they're built as the largest CEO-driven business commitment uh, to advance diversity and inclusion, CEOaction.com. So I know for sure the uh, – Matt's going to take a note. I love that. So <laughs> I know for sure that this organization has helped uh, numerous companies like Blue Planet is one. Chris Johnson was telling me that this is an organization that helped them really structure their thinking. I wanted to share this resource because I feel like if Matt, 50% of our panel doesn't know about this resource, like this is what we want to be able to give to you guys uh, and girls, to everyone in our organization who or in our industry who's trying to think through this. M- my hope is uh, that someone will actually share this video with their C-suite executives and say, this is inspiring. Um, how can we do this at our organization? Um, I would love to see that level of, uh, of encouraging um, inspiration in the industry. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you guys on. What I feel like uh, we still have some limitations in place. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what they are. So I would pose to you, what limitations still exist for you guys and what do next steps look like, not just for your company, but for our industry? Well, Nico, I, I, I want to say that, you know, this is all a learning process, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the best thing that I've been able to do is, is really get out and talk to people and, uh, and really get out and, and, and talk to people, you know, beyond my safe space, right? Um, and more importantly than talking, it's really listening. Right and understanding, uh, you know, again, uh, people's backgrounds that are different than uh, different than my own. And through these conversations, you know, I've 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 been able to find a lot of resources. You know, lately, um, I was talking to somebody at uh, CLI, the Clean Energy Leaders Institute, um, just mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, uh, and um, and there's a group called uh, Empowering Diversity in Clean Tech. Uh, I don't know much about the group, but what I've uh, I was I was uh, optimistic to see that that was. Um, a group uh, within clean tech that is, is being formed and, and people at CLI, you know, um, I've recognized it. And, uh, and also at the same time, you know, I've um, gone through a slew of, of resources. There's a great uh, 
documentary on um, Amazon Prime called Bias that really looks at implicit biases. And um, and and we actually had our team, uh, or some members of our team, uh, we haven't done it across the full team yet, but take um, the uh, Harvard um, implicit uh, bias test, I think it's called, and uh, or the implicit association test. Oops. And uh, I don't know if I lost you guys there for a second, but uh, oh, yeah. So uh, you know, those are the types of things that has been really fascinating. You know, to me is just trying to learn more and more uh, about the topic. And again, you know, recognizing that we really don't have the answers, but the best thing that we can do uh, is continue to try to learn and put into action the things that you know we as a leadership team, uh, and also you know the things that our our employees and uh, our team members across New Columbia Solar feel are are best for the company and enable us to continue to be, you know, on our mission of being change makers. Well, and, and further to what Mike said, um, you know, I don't know that there's been a tremendous amount of positives that have come out of uh, the situations and our reality that we've been in for the last few months and then years, years before that. But, you know, the, the one positive that I do see is the conversation is happening. And uh, you know, I've taken a tremendous amount of, uh, insight and feedback from conversations that I've had as well, uh, private conversations that I had, you know, after everything had happened and as we were trying to make sure that our employees felt safe and secure, um, uh, given some of the racial unjust as well as COVID and, and everything else that was happening at, at one time, um, I, I, I took the opportunity, maybe maybe one of my last opportunities to call every single employee <laughs> and, and get their perspective on what was going on, what we can do to change and what we can do to help. And those perspectives were extremely helpful. And, th and then just the conversations on a broader level as well. So I, I participate in a great organization, uh, Young Presidents Organization, YPO of, uh, of Washington uh, in Baltimore. And uh, they, they've had seminars that you can listen into. They've, they've, they've brought you know, national, international perspectives to things. And it's just a matter of, you know, like I said earlier, grabbing as much information you can while also knowing that you're far from perfect and, and far from going to make the right decision every single time and, and doing the best you can in order to further this mission that's important to us all. Yeah, I also think it's important, Nico, to, to recognize that, um, you know, I think, you know, Matt, I think that the stat was, you know, about 88% of, you know, the leadership teams are white, right? And um, one thing that, you know, conversation that we've started with the city uh, is, you know, is, you know, employment and, and, and we can control obviously who we hire. And, and, and I think employment is a great thing. Um, but also, you know, let's do mentorships for, uh, you know, minorities that want to um, start their own businesses, right? Yes. Uh, and, and, and give them, you know, those advantages. Again, for me, especially when I, you know, started New Columbia, and really even the first time around, you know, with Skyline, like, I didn't think twice about it. You know, it was like, you know, it's just something that I, I, I went and did. And um, that might have not always been the smartest thing in the world. But, uh, you know, the stage of life I was in, I, I just didn't think about it. And then when yeah. Columbia came along, um, I didn't think about it either. But it was kind of ingrained in my nature and ingrained in a lot of, again, the mentors that I had had around me at that point in time. Um, and I want others to have that as well. And, um, you know, there's, you know, communities from what I've seen, and, and, and I think one of the greatest experiences coming out of New Columbia is, you know, communities really respond uh, to the people that are in their community. Um, and, 
you know, the people that are part of their community. And, and, and solar is so much of that, right? Solar at the end of the day is so much of a ground game, um, working closely with people in the communities. And, and that's something that I think that we need to really focus on is, you know, yes, we need to do trainings for employees. And yes, we want to, you know, we, we, we need to become more diverse, you know, with the, with the employees themselves. But also, we need to give people the opportunity and the mentorship and uh, uh, to start and feel comfortable to start their own businesses and then and the know-how. Uh, and that's something that I uh, hope to be participating in, in the future. But 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 it really starts. And I mean, it's why Mike and I are here and it's why we're passionate about this topic. It, it really starts with with being willing to have the conversation mm-hmm. uh, and being, being willing to make the change. And uh, I, I'm, I'm here to say we, we've done a pretty good job at the executive level and board level of having diverse, diverse folks at that level. But we still need to do better. And, and, and New Energy Equity is committed to do better on all levels. And you know, we'll do everything within our resources uh, in order to in order to make sure that happens. I am uh, I'm really encouraged, inspired by the conversation uh, among the three of us between the two of you uh, as a representation of what I know to be the underlying conversation that is happening in so many uh, corporate offices across the United States, across the world right now, as we all struggle to, uh, to put right, uh, centuries, not just decades, centuries of injustice, um, and to address the, uh, the inequity that exists, um, to give opportunity where we were given opportunity. Uh, one of the things I want to, uh, highlight that I just heard from Mike and Matt is if you are, uh, a minority in this industry and you want someone to mentor you, you've got no, you've got at least two advocates right here on the screen. I'll throw my hat in the ring. Uh, I coach, uh, I coach dozens of entrepreneurial entrepreneurs and industry founders, uh, as a part of, uh, my day to day work. Um, it's a, it is a privilege and a joy and there, there aren't enough, uh, I don't see, at least in my world, uh, as many as I would like um, uh, minorities, people of color, women who ask for help, who want to be mentored. Uh, I can I can tell you that um, Matt's experience, Mike's experience is not a unique one uh, by having Tony Clifford, uh, who also has mentored Abby Hopper um, and many, many others, uh, Jigger Shaw, who's mentored uh, countless, uh, uh, countless, uh, others in the industry, Danny Kennedy mentoring, uh, Emily Kirsch, the list goes on and on. Uh, I encourage you that if that is your desire, plug into our community, plug into the Suncast tribe. These two gentlemen are a part of it. Plug in to, uh, really, uh, pick up the phone. If you really, if you really want this influence in your in your life, uh, and you put yourself out there. I know these two men, uh, and they will answer the phone, and they will help you. So, uh, with that, I just wanted to say thank you to both of you for the courage uh, and the intention by showing up here today, and thanks for showing up for your staff and for your team, and uh, setting an example. Uh, perhaps it's not. Uh, we're certainly not at the end of any of this road, uh, and it's not perhaps a perfect example. But uh, I'm encouraged by it, and I'm humbled and grateful for the two of you. And I hope that it serves as uh, as leadership and guidance for someone else. 
who's watching this and has been asking themselves the same questions that are going on inside of your head. We've gotten this message out into the world. Well, we got a long road to go, uh, Nico, but I want to thank you for, for hosting uh, this. This is an important conversation to have and really all the participants that you have involved in this conversation over the last couple of days, the next couple of days. Yeah, me too, Nico. Thanks for using the platform to, to push out this message. And, you know, listen, stay hopeful. Uh, we, we got a lot to stay hopeful about, have that uncomfortable conversation. And as you said, um, uh, I speak myself and I'm, I'm sure for Mike as well. I'm open to have that conversation. Would love the opportunity to to, to help further somebody's career and, and provide them those resources that I was allotted uh, along the, along the way. So absolutely. The last thing I'll just say is it's usually only only uncomfortable once, and then after that, it, it <laughs> becomes very comfortable. All right, that's a wrap on today's conversation, Solar Warriors. But I do hope that you'll check out the other Two for Tuesday episodes and let me know what you think of these shorter format discussions. You want more like this? You can find more than 200 episodes, resources, highlights from the discussions, along with social media links to each guest episode, book recommendations, and so much more over on the blog at mysuncast.com. And that's also where you'll find other ways to engage with the Suncast tribe, like subscribing to our weekly emails or even joining the exclusive inner circle we affectionately refer to as the Guild. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, I so appreciate your rating and review so that others can also find Suncast more easily. A special thank you to our sponsors who help make this podcast possible. You can learn more about them at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. Follow the links there for any offers we've discussed here today. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.